Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone, to the February 11th edition of the Ag Market Network. I'm Pat McClatchy. Uh, we want to recognize and thank our sponsors, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed. We appreciate everything they do for us in making this program possible. We also want to recognize and thank our speakers, our, our, our uh, cotton panel. And cotton panel today, of course, we've got uh, Dr. John Robinson and Kip Butts and um, O.A. Cleveland, and we are being led today uh, by a regular part of our panel, Gerald Nieper. Gerald, thanks for being with us and giving us your thoughts on the market. Pat, you're, you're uh, very welcome. I appreciate uh, being on today. Um, well, you know, there's a lot to unpack from, from the last report. Uh, you know, we finally got some numbers out of uh, <clears throat> USDA, um, and uh, we're slowly but surely getting caught up on the export sales report, commitment of traders, and, and uh, other things. But let's just sort of go with USDA's report on Friday to, to begin with. Um, USDA made some minor adjustments to world production, uh, reducing it from 118.7 million bales down to 118.5 million bales. Only a 288,000 bale reduction, but there were some major adjustments among countries. Uh, Turkey's crop was reduced 600,000 bales. The Indian crop was down 500,000 bales. Burkina Faso down 200,000, the United States down 198,000. Offsetting these reductions, though, were an increase in Chinese production up 500,000, Brazilian up 400,000, Australia, Pakistan, they were both up 100,000, and uh, all other countries combined were up 110,000 bales. So um, even though on a net basis, very small reduction, in world production, there were some, some major changes in several countries. Um, maybe one thing that was a little surprising to, to me anyway was uh, Turkish crop being down 600,000 bales. I really hadn't heard much about problems in, in Turkey, at least to that magnitude. And uh, the Indian crop, I think, uh, for all the rhetoric out there, suggesting that crop could be as low as 23 to 24 million bales. You know, USDA has taken very small swipes at that Indian crop, and, and maybe that will get resolved as we go further. You know, I think uh, uh, India harvests cotton virtually every day of the year, so, uh, you know, maybe by the time uh, uh, the February, the, the March or April uh, report comes out that uh, we'll see a, a lower number come about. Um, the The Australian crop, with all their rain problems or lack of rain problems, if you will, uh, being raised 100,000 bales was, was a little bit of a surprise. And uh, the uh, – uh, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more as we go further, but uh, on the consumption side, no surprise there that we're seeing a reduction in, in consumption. Uh, you know, all the talk of a slowing world economy has certainly led to a, uh, a slowdown, it seems like, in the mill sector. Uh, the Chinese consumption was reduced by a million bales down to 40.5 million. I think ICAC even has uh, uh, Chinese consumption even lower than that, somewhere around 39 million. Indian production was reduced 500,000 bales. That's on top of a 550,000 bale reduction that uh, USDA plugged in for, for a year ago in India. Um, Turkey down 200,000. Vietnam down 200,000. 
even the United States was reduced 100,000 bales. So almost a 2 million bale reduction in, in Chinese, in, not Chinese, but world consumption down to 123.6 million bales. So, you know, we end up going from a, you know, from a reasonably large uh, um, uh, world production consumption deficit of 6.9. Now we're sitting at 5.2 million bales. And while that, while that number is still friendly, it's certainly less friendly than, than it has been uh, uh, in, in the previous uh, uh, projections. Um, you know, I, th- I think, uh, you know, USDA is slowly but surely trying to get caught up on, on the, uh, well, the CFTC is trying to slowly but surely get caught up on the CF- on the commitment of traders and the on-call report. One thing that we notice on the on-call uh, purchases versus sales, the purchases are falling, rather, or call, call sales, sales to mills who need to fix uh uh, contracts are falling rather dramatically. Uh, the last report on or about January 4th shows that uh, mills are sitting somewhere around 7.7 million bales that they need to fix versus 2.1 million bales that uh, that growers or sellers need to, to fix. That ratio of 3.6 to 1 is considerably lower um, for let's say I say 3.6 to one for March, May, and the July contracts combined is considerably lower than the almost 11 to one uh, ratio that we've seen in, in past years, or in the, at least the last two years anyway, 2016 and 2017. So there's not the uh, the bullishness there I think that we've seen in past years where mills need to come in and, and fix. Um, that's not to say there, there isn't some bullish numbers out there, but I think uh, I think those numbers are considerably less friendly than, than what we've seen in, in uh, previous years. Getting back to a moment for the uh, back to the supply demand numbers, um, I think one thing that stands out this year is, is the exportable supplies in Brazil. You know, 11.4 million bale crop in, in Brazil is, uh, is is certainly a record. That puts their supportable supply, exportable supplies, at, at almost 16 million bales this year, uh, 15.8, which is a, a record for them. And that compares to, to almost a 19 million bale exportable supply for the United States. <clears throat> um, so as we move forward and get closer to the uh, um, get closer to the traditional Brazilian harvest, I think that that's going to put some pressure on prices. Um, because they're certainly going to have to, to move that crop to get ready for for the next uh, next crop year. Um, the uh, so t- uh, commitment of traders report uh, they're slowly getting caught up on that. <clears throat> when we look at the managed money net long position, all futures and options combined, the specs now or the managed fund money now is in negative territory, so they're net short. <clears throat> And um, which, when we look at the past three and ten-year averages combined, they're well below their their numbers. If we look at the last ten-year average, this time of the year, they're typically about four million bales net long. And over the last uh, three-year average, um, they've been uh, the three previous years anyway. Um, they've been net long, averaged about uh, almost eight million bales at this time of the year. 
and now that they're net short, uh, it's uh, a sort of disconcerting, I guess, from a uh, from, from a negative point of view. Um, now, on the other hand, the uh, the fact that they are so short right now, um, if anything were to come out, uh, let's say we get a uh, uh, some good news out of the Chinese and the Americans for. As far as the uh, as far as the trade trade talks go, um, that could put them back into a net long position. We could see see some buying out of them, um, or we get some better economic news coming about. You know, things could turn around. But for right now, you know, the the managed fund money, some of the biggest players out there, they are net they are net short. So that. Uh, um, so that's a little bit negative as, as we move forward. Um, the National Cotton Council, they did release their planning surveys um, on Saturday, um, showed that a net increase of about 2.9% in U.S. plantings, going from just over 14 million bales, or 14 million acres, I should say, up to 14.45 million acres. The largest increase occurred in the Delta with a 13.6% increase in plantings from 1.985 million acres up to 2.255 million acres. Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas are looking at uh, 8.8 million acres this year versus 8.65 last year. So fairly large uh, uh, percentage and an absolute number increase. The far west... uh, a little bit of an increase over there due to, uh, I really, I think, better water conditions. We're certainly getting our, our fair share of, uh, excuse me, of snowpack out here in the uh, in the far west this year. Um, so there's going to be good uh, good water conditions in, in California moving forward. Um, what does that suggest for a crop number? I think you, I think uh, the National Cotton Council is suggesting somewhere around. Uh, 22 and a half million bales of production. I think it could possibly be a little bit larger. I've got an estimate of somewhere around uh, 23.6 million uh, bales for uh, for 2019. Um, 22.8 million bales in, in Upland and about 829,000 bales in, in Pima as we move forward. So these crop numbers are potential crop size. That probably is what's keeping. Uh, Old crop and new crop uh, from uh, from rallying much. We've we've really struggled to get back over and above uh, 75 cents, and I think uh, until we get something that's uh, that's better suited out there for for the bulls to chew on, I think uh, the market is going to continue to struggle to get back above 75 cents. The uh, I, I guess the the friendly part of this program is that uh, the market. If it's struggling to get above 75 cents, it's certainly struggling to go lower. I think uh, there's just enough buying out there amongst mills on a fixed price basis to keep this market uh, somewhat elevated, uh, at least for right now, above 72 cents. But uh, we've got a 10-day moving average sitting at 72.45, a 20-day moving average at 72.22. And um, if we take out 72.22, I think we're going to try to make a run down to 71.50 to uh, uh, 71.50 to 72 cents. Um, but uh, 
Um, certainly for right now, the, the, the market is just in a real quiet mood, if you will. Not much is happening uh, last week, and, and not much is, is happening today so far, Pat. That would be my comments, and I'm sure that there are some, some commentary based on the, uh, the numbers I gave out there. All right, well, let's just start off, and, and, and I mentioned it before we even started the program, and, and that is with December cotton trading right at 74 and December corn trading just a fraction under $4 and November soybeans trading at 9.54 how variable is this or the projections for acres i mean are you comfortable Gerald or any any of our panel that we're going to get these acres regardless of price yeah you have to wonder about that i think uh you know it, the commentary out of the delta is growers are getting are somewhat frustrated with soybeans. Uh, the corn the corn prices certainly aren't uh, indicative of anybody wanting to to jump out of cotton and jump back into corn. And uh, I, I don't know. I I think the acreage increase in the delta is is justified. Whether we're going to see this big increase in in the other areas, uh, uh, particularly Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, remains to be seen. But just you know the rhetoric out there. Uh, says that, yeah, we probably will see a fairly decent increase in, in acres um, across the cotton belt with the exception of the of the far with the exception of the southeastern United States, which they're indicating a two point six percent reduction there in the southeastern plantings. So you know a two point nine percent increase across the entire cotton belt it, it seems reasonable for now, even with current prices because Remember, U.S. Uh, National Cotton Council took this survey toward the end of December, early part of January, and prices were just about where they are now. So I'm, I'm not sure that uh, that there's no there's I'm not sure that there's a lot of room to argue with the uh, National Cotton Council planning numbers right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, just reporting the anecdotal things I'm hearing. Uh, from Texas growers, but particularly from those parts that are have recently swung from corn production to cotton, that'd be the northern panhandle, and it's the same phenomenon in Oklahoma and, and Kansas. Um, you know, from from what I hear, they're they still like cotton. They're they're still going to be expanding, at least in Oklahoma to further north. I think that's part of an expansion, and I don't see a cut in Texas. So uh, whatever the council's number. For the Texas increase, it was two point something percent. I, I find that very believable, and and based on anecdotal stories all the way down the state, all the way down the Gulf Coast. Um, you know, for the last couple years, cotton has penciled out relatively better than grains, even though it hasn't been, you know, super great. Um, they've they've been rolling the dice and gambling on making a really good crop with, you know fairly good prices they're they're making that gamble again with cotton i think yeah, I'm, I'm here the same thing I, I you know certainly if prices change and you know this, this ratio changes the the crop mix could change but right now i'm pretty comfortable with uh with that kind of increase as a matter of fact our shop i think we're just slightly we've got a slightly larger increase so so yeah at current prices i i just don't see us going Certainly not going down any. It's a question of how much it goes up. Maybe not quite yeah. as much as we, we think, but I certainly don't see much of a decline. 
And from a production standpoint, you know, these, these decisions, yeah, there can be marginal changes. I mean, there's, there's going to be marginal changes when corn acres are too wet to be planted and those get switched to something. But, you know, they got to buy their seed. They got to put down uh, pre-plant herbicide, you know, regimes. And so a chunk of this is fixed. You know, there's, there's not that much room, I don't think, for big changes to the, to the planting uh, plans that are already made. You know, and, and the genetics on, on these newer varieties and, and the yield uh, potentials, um, you know, these guys are, particularly in the Mid-South, um, what the Mid-South is averaging probably, what, over 1,100 pounds yeah, Arkansas year. is, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, even in that northern uh, Texas area, uh, you know, Amarillo North, those guys were we're getting some unbelievable yields this year. And so, you know, the weather conditions, I think, are are, are prime for, for people to think that they've got an opportunity and a really good crop moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gerald, you mentioned you know, the, the the trade deal, and uh, we, we also know that the, the previous government shut down, what that did, and the possibility that this could – I mean, the, the cutoff date, uh, on negotiation, negotiations in Washington, I think it's the 15th, so that's approaching. Um, so I, I think those factors, or at least they have affected prices. I mean, what does anybody have any thoughts on the trade agreement? I, I, are we? I felt like we were starting to think that could happen. Is that still the overriding feeling? Well, the council's well, assuming the, it. Yeah, the council you is know, saying. It, it is saying that they think it will it will be happening. They, yeah, they I think they stated that as part of their assumptions uh, for the rest of their new crop outlook. Well, well let's know, let's talk about go go ahead. I was just going to say it certainly behooves both countries to to try to come up to some kind of an agreement. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, um, what'll happen, but uh, certainly this week, you know, you got some fairly high-level discussions going on, and, uh, you know, we can all just cross our fingers that, uh, that both the U.S. and China come to their, come to their senses and, and get something uh, uh, hammered out. Well, to Gerald's point, I mean, it is in both countries' best interest to, to get something to, because it's going to harm, at the end of the day, it's going to harm both economies if we don't get something ironed out. We've, however, we've got two very, very strong leaders in both countries who uh, who've kind of dug in pretty, pretty deeply, and so I think, regardless of what we think, it's going to be difficult for either one to quote back down, and we've got themselves in a position where um, if one wins, the other loses. We've got to get a situation where they can both sort of claim a, a relative victory, and that looks like it's pretty difficult right now. Excuse me. <clears throat> so I think. The bottom line is we may get a a partial sort of agreement until we continue negotiations. I think that may be the best scenario we can hope for right now. As I say, we have a, a short-term truce where we can trade perhaps agricultural goods. Uh, both countries uh, would benefit from that. As negotiations go on for other parts of the uh, trade, which I think uh, intellectual property has become really the forefront of the whole thing. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. We we have a lot of farmers listening, and 
Uh, I guess the question they've got is, what should I do? And, and we can talk about new crop. If we do get a trade agreement, I'm assuming we're going to get a bounce. Mm-hmm. What kind of a bounce do you guys think we can get? Uh, and and what, what should farmers consider uh, for, for new crop? I'll just say I've, I've um, in visiting with a number of merchants uh, to check and see whether there was forward contract business happening, which they all said, no, there isn't much, if of any. One of them made a remark to me that his, uh, his customers or contacts were waiting for December 19 to get to like 78. That's what the growers were saying. We, we want futures to get to 78 or so. Um, before they would consider it. Uh, that being the case, I would expect, you know, not too surprising, there'd be a world of selling if, if that did happen. So, I mean, I'm, I see pretty strong, you know, resistance uh, if December gets back up to about that level, 78, 79. I would have to agree with, uh, with John um, that uh, I think growers selling in the upper 70s beginning with, you know, 77, 78 cents is, is going to start being pretty heavy. So I, I think it's going to be tough without some real bullishness out there um, to, to even think about getting back over 80 cents for a while. Now, well, I will like, echo, I'm sorry, I was going to say, it, just, it feels like the, the real opportunity uh, it will be if a trade agreement comes and we just get an, a fast emotional eruption in all these yeah. markets. Then, and I and for those people that are out there listening, they they, they need to be alert because that this might happen fast and it might go away. So we really want to encourage people to keep an eye on that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with I that. Think- I, but the specs in a, in a net short position now. Um, I think a trade uh, a trade agreement, which I as I say, I think. It's hard to say we would have a 100 uh, percent, at least in the short term. This, this sort of oh, we we came to a, uh, to a true agreement. I I think you could get these specs to your point of a really quick move, um, and it might be a case, quite honestly, um, of looking at trying to take advantage of an old crop, new crop spread position because I don't see in the as, as we discussed earlier, the new crop just has some some inherent problems with going up. We've got already uh, a situation where acreage looks like it's going to be a little bit larger. We're seeing not a, uh, uh, a collapse in the global economy, but certainly a deceleration, which, again, is going to keep a little bit of pressure. And I do think farmers are going to lay into this thing quickly, um, simply because of all the factors you've already talked about. So I, I think the, the point of Jumping on this thing quickly is it can't be overstated. I think that's terribly important. Yeah, well, you're talking I, about I, I, the I spread. Too. What do you mean by the spread? Are you talking about being long old crop, short new crop? Yes, I think that might be the opportunity. Uh, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Not a spread I particularly like to be in because we're talking about two, two actually trading two crop years. But it, this might be an opportunity, particularly if we get something on the. Uh, on the trade agreement because specs typically work in the uh, in the nearby contract and so I think that's where they would be looking to to see the most activity and again all not all most of the activity we would see uh, in new crop would be from the sales side from farmer selling. 
Yeah, I would just echo all that. I think what Gerald mentioned is, you know, there's, I see the, the, the hedge fund positions like a coiled spring. So just, you know, you typical get, you get news in the springtime around planting, around weather, around something could, and if that lines up with a trade agreement, that'd be, I guess, the perfect storm to put a little um, jet fuel on the, on the, on prices. But agreeing with your point, Pat, it, I, Typically, those things don't last very long. There'd, there'd be just a relief rally if they announced an agreement. You know, in the stock market, the soybean market, the cotton market, everything would everybody just go ah, oh, and it'd go shooting up. But why would I wouldn't expect it to last that long? So people need to act. You know, we talk about cotton, but if if a trade agreement comes, uh, these soybeans are probably going to go nuts. And uh, because that seems to be sort of the poster child for this administration is to talk about beans. So maybe a real strength in beans could could be pulling uh, cotton along with it. Uh, but uh, I, I, and there's another point I'd like to bring. Y- y'all address this. You know, we've we've been dealing with this as we've reopened the government. Uh, we started seeing this delayed release of sales. Uh, we've got one more week next week where we'll go back in five weeks and pick up a number, and then the week after that. They're going to put about five or six weeks together. Yeah. Super uh, Gerald, what, or anyone, t- tell me what you think's coming with those numbers. I mean, they didn't want to be disruptive to the market, didn't seem to care when we were going down. But now that, you know, it helps the market maybe go up, they, they want to be prudent in what they're doing. But are there any surprises there, or, or will, could we get any kind of reaction from that? You know, we didn't see uh, USDA making any adjustment to our export number of 15 million bales. And um, I, I think they're right to, to stay at that number right now. Um, I think the, uh, you know, what are we, about a month behind on, on the export sales numbers. So yeah. I, I think the last two weeks have, have really kind of slowed down. It's, it's a little bit surprising, but... Uh, um, you know, we, we saw two two good reports back to back. I think um, I think if we can get another, I don't know, six to eight hundred thousand bales locked in uh, for the next four to five weeks, uh, I think I think our export sales number is is pretty good. The uh, the shipment number is uh, is a little disappointing right now, but uh, it could just be uh, that the crop is is large enough that uh, you know. We're just having trouble getting cotton moved in, into position to get exported, and so those numbers should start picking up. And and um, um, one thing that we haven't seen in these in these reports, which might be a little bit surprising, is uh, you know really no cancellations, large cancellations, if you will, out of China. So, uh, Kipper. You or John, are you guys picking up any uh, any cancellation uh, potentials out of China? Well, from my perspective, I think we're seeing the same thing out of China we've seen all along. Is they're they're kind of sitting here waiting to see uh, what happens with the trade wars. They cancel, <clears throat> excuse me, as the cotton becomes due to be shipped. They and, but they don't want to you know step out and cancel in the next three or four or five months. I've been a little bit impressed. We've had uh, in a couple of these reports. Actually, China has been a net buyer. They bought more than they have uh, than they've canceled. And also, I mean, we're still it's dribs and drabs, but we are still shipping some cotton. I um, 
I'm a little bit more optimistic, I think, than most people are on, on our exports because we're still, uh, right now, we're 4% ahead of last year as far as actual shipments. I think part of the slowdown uh, that we've had on shipments has been the government shutdown. <clears throat> we're running at a seasonal pattern, and we've not yet gotten into the, uh, to the actual peak period. My number is a little bit higher than USDA's right now. I'm not ready to come off of that yet. I think we, uh, we're getting caught up a little bit in the uh, not quite the, the chicken little sky is falling, but things aren't quite as bad as we tend to, uh, to talk about. At least the numbers aren't. You know, we had a marketing year high on one of these, the first report we got, the delayed report. I think we may be between 800,000 and a million bales, maybe a little bit more than that in sales, because there were several weeks in there while the government was closed. It seems like every day I heard that U.S. had made some sales somewhere, typically Pakistan. I know we started to see India pick up some cotton. Turkey's picking up a little bit of U.S. cotton. It's just a... Uh, uh, I think we have to be careful about just uh, getting caught up and everything's bad when it's it's not as good as it was. But I, I think we're overreacting to the downside on this, at least in the near term. So, no, I'm, I'm here. Recently, I agree with Gerald 100%. The last two weeks, I think things has just sort of slowed down all over. I have not heard about sales. Maybe, John, maybe you have, but I haven't heard about sales. Not, not for not for a month or so. I heard some of the same stuff you did about, you know, rumors of sales to, to various places, to the reserve and to Turkey and uh, stuff like that. But I haven't heard anything lately. I never did get a, a confirmation on those reserve sales. I think those, uh, I'm not so sure those happen quite honestly. Well, that's the world of, you know, no information flow and <laughs> lack of discovery of stuff. Right. It's been one of the fallouts of this whole situation. Well, let's discuss where we think this market can go. This, this should be easy. Uh, give, <laughs> give, me, give me a range in old crop and give me a range in new crop. John, let's start with you. Uh, all right. Allowing for uh, the possibility of announcement of a China thing, I, I'd say old crop, it's going to be somewhat similar, but... 70, 78, 79, uh, down to about 70, uh, allowing for contingencies in the new crop situation, like we just said, I'd say 78, and I would say as low as about to the lower 60s, uh, I've, I've, so I'd say 62. Okay. Gerald? Um. I can't, uh, it's hard to disagree much with, with what John said, you know, 78 cents on the old crop and new crop from, from a potential uh, rally point of view. Um, and on the old crop, you know, uh, down to around 70 to 71 cents, I think we'll, we'll try to make another run anyway. And um, the uh, for, for new crop, Gosh, I mean, if we see a 20, almost a 24 million bale crop out there, it's hard to argue with uh, seeing something back in the 60s again. Um, and uh, I don't know about 62 cents, but certainly uh, 66 to 68 cents on, on the on the downside does does not seem too far fetched for right now. All right, Kip. Well, you know, there's depends on your assumptions on this thing, and I I think both the fellows were talking about uh, <clears throat> probably not a strong sort of uh, possibility of a, of a um, 
of an agreement near term. I'm not speaking for you, but my thought is if we were to get an agreement, uh, I think prices could go higher than uh, 77, 78, 79 cents, maybe even into the, to the 80s in old crop. Again, I don't think they're going to last long there. I would be surprised if, if they occurred for very long. I think in the, new, in the current crop, I've been really surprised how well the market has held uh, at above 70 cents. It seems, uh, and that's part of the reason why I think things may be a little better than we're talking about, because mills seem to like the prices right there in the low 70s. They're not reluctant to pick up uh, some buying there. So I think, you know, probably 70 cents, uh, 71 cents on the, on the current crop. Uh, new crop, though, I mean, I, I agree with John. I think a 64, 65 cent price, maybe even 62, if we get uh, get these numbers that people are talking about, 24 million bales. Uh, we're going to have to to see the world economy pick up a bit uh, before you know to, to handle a 24 plus million bale crop and what it looks like outside the U.S., because even outside the U.S., it looks like people are favoring cotton over these other commodities. So so I'm, I'm kind of in that same park of uh, the high, for new crop, maybe the high 70s, uh, 76, 77, maybe a little more than that, but not really excited about that unless we get some sort of a, a planting type problem. Okay. Uh, did OA, OA, did you ever join us? Okay, OA has been under the weather, and so um, we will uh, go ahead and wrap this up. We thank everybody for being with us today, all of our speakers, and Gerald for leading us. We also want to thank uh, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed for making this program possible, and that's it. That concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Pat.